Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, August 7th. I want to draw your attention to a page on the Daily Audio Torah website. Click on the Connect Pick on the navigation menu and connect with us through our newsletter, Israel on Target, and War Room Report. With Israel on Target, we give you the top news stories coming from Israel each week with scriptures to pray over Israel. With the War Room Report, wake up. The world is at war. It is an unconventional war. It is a cultural war. It is a communications and media war. It is a political war. It is an economic war. It is an ideological war. It is a war for your mind and thoughts. And at the deepest level, it is a spiritual war between light and darkness, between good and evil, between Yahovah and Satan. We need intel to pray strategically. That is the purpose of the War Room Report to give you the intel you need so you can successfully fight the spiritual war with power and precision. We share practical knowledge, truth, and facts you won't find in the mainstream media. Go to dailyaudiotour.com and then click on the Connect pick in the navigation menu. Then subscribe to our newsletter. It goes out two to three times a month. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Bayat Kanan, and it means, And I Pleaded. Deuteronomy 3, 23-4-5 And I pleaded with Hashem at that time, saying, O Hashem, you who let your servants see the first works of your greatness, and your mighty hand, you whose powerful deeds no God in heaven or on earth can equal, Let me, I pray, cross over and see the good land on the other side of the Jordan, that good hill country, and the Lebanon. But Hashem was wrathful with me on your account, and would not listen to me. Hashem said to me, Enough! Never speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the summit of Pisgah, and gaze about, to the west, the north, the south, and the east. Look at it well, for you shall not go across yonder Jordan. Give Joshua his instructions, and imbue him with strength and courage. 
for he shall go across at the head of his people, and he shall allot to them the land that you may only see. Meanwhile we stayed on in the valley near Beth Peor. And now, O Israel, give heed to the laws and rules that I am instructing you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that Hashem the God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add anything to what I command you or take away anything from it, but keep the commandments of Hashem your God that I enjoin upon you. You saw with your own eyes what Hashem did in the matter of Baal Peor, that Hashem your God wiped out from among you every person who followed Baal Peor, while you who held fast to Hashem your God are all alive today. See, I have imparted to you laws and rules, as Hashem my God has commanded me for you to abide by in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. Ezra 4.24-6.22 At that time, work on the house of Hashem in Jerusalem stopped and remained in abeyance until the second year of the king of King Darius of Persia. Then the Nevi'im, Haggai the Navi, and Zechariah son of Edo prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem, inspired by the God of Israel. Thereupon Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel and Yeshua son of Jokzadak began rebuilding the house of Hashem in Jerusalem with the full support of the Nevi'im of Hashem. At once Tatanai, governor of the province of beyond the river, Shethar Bazanai and their colleagues descended upon them and said this to them, Who issued orders to you to rebuild this house and complete its furnishing? Then we said to them, What are the names of the men who are engaged in the building? But Hashem watched over the elders of the Yehudim, and they were not stopped while a report went to Darius and a letter was sent back in reply to it. This is the text of the letter that Tatanai, governor of the province of Beyond the River, and Shethar Bazanai and his colleagues, the officials of Beyond the River, sent to King Darius. They sent a message to him, and this is what was written in it. To King Darius, greetings, and so forth. Be it known to the king that we went to the province of Yehuda, to the house of the great Hashem. It is being rebuilt of hewn stone, and wood is being laid in the walls. The work is being done with dispatch and is going well. Thereupon we directed this question to these elders. Who issued orders to you to rebuild this house and to complete its furnishings? We also asked their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is what they answered us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, We are rebuilding the house that was originally built many years ago. A great king of Israel built it and completed it. But because our fathers angered the God of heaven, he handed them over to Nebuchadnezzar the Chaldean, king of Babylon, who demolished this house and exiled the people to Babylon. But in the first year of King Cyrus of Babylon, King Cyrus issued an order 
to rebuild this house of Hashem. Also the silver and gold vessels of the house of Hashem that Nebuchadnezzar had taken away from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to the temple in Babylon, King Cyrus released them from the temple in Babylon to be given to the one called Sheshbatzar, whom he had appointed as governor. He said to them, Take these vessels, go, deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of Hashem be rebuilt on its original site. That same Sheshbatzar came and laid the foundations for the house of Hashem in Jerusalem, and ever since then it has been under construction, but it is not yet finished. And now, if it please the king, let the royal archives there in Babylon be searched, to see whether indeed an order had been issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of Hashem in Jerusalem. May the king convey to us his pleasure in this matter. Thereupon, at the order of King Darius, they searched the archives where the treasures were stored in Babylon. But it was in the citadel of Ekbatana in the province of Medea that a scroll was found in which the following was written. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued an order concerning the house of Hashem in Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, a place for offering sacrifices, with a base built up high. Let it be sixty amot high and sixty amot wide, with a course of unused timber for each three courses of hewn stone. The expenses shall be paid by the palace. And the gold and silver vessels of the house of Hashem, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken away from the temple in Jerusalem and transported to Babylon, shall be returned. And let each go back to the temple in Jerusalem where it belongs. You shall deposit it in the house of Hashem. Now you, Tatanai, governor of the province of beyond the river, Shethar, Bazanai, and colleagues, the officials of the province of beyond the river, stay away from that place. Allow the work of this house of Hashem to go on. Let the governor of the Yehudim and the elders of the Yehudim rebuild this house of Hashem on its site. And I hereby issue an order concerning what you must do to help these elders of the Jews rebuild this house of Hashem. The expenses are to be paid to these men with dispatch out of the resources of the king, derived from the taxes of the province of beyond the river, so that the work will not be stopped. They are to be given daily, without fail, whatever they need of young bulls, rams, or lambs, as burnt offerings for the God of heaven. Wheat, salt, wine, and oil at the order of the Kohanim in Jerusalem, so that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I also issue an order that whoever alters this decree shall have a beam removed from his house, and he shall be impaled on it and his house confiscated. And may the God who established his name there cause the downfall of any king or nation that undertakes to alter or damage that house of Hashem in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be carried out with dispatch. Then Tatanai, governor of the province of beyond the river, Shethar Bazanai, and their colleagues, 
carried out with dispatch what King Darius had written. So the elders of the Jews progressed in the building, urged on by the prophesying of Haggai the Navi and Zechariah son of Edo, and they brought the building to completion under the aegis of the God of Israel and by the order of Cyrus and Darius and King Artaxerxes of Persia. The house was finished on the third of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. The Israelites, the Kohanim, and the Leviim, and all the other exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of Hashem with joy. And they sacrificed for the dedication of this house of Hashem 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and 12 goats as a purification offering for all of Israel, according to the number of the tribes of Israel. They appointed the Kohanim in their courses and the Leviim in their divisions for the service of Hashem in Jerusalem, according to the prescription in the Book of Moses. The returned exile celebrated the Pesach on the fourteenth day of the first month. For the Kohanim and Leviim had purified themselves to a man. They were all pure. They slaughtered the Pesach offering for all the returned exiles and for their brother Kohanim and for themselves. The children of Israel who had returned from the exile together with all who joined them in separating themselves from the uncleanliness of the nations of the lands to worship the God of Israel ate of it. They joyfully celebrated the festival of Pesach, Passover, for seven days, for Hashem had given them cause for joy by inclining the heart of the Assyrian king toward them, so as to give them support in the work of the house of Hashem, the God of Israel. First Corinthians 3, 5-23 Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Yeshua. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. 
Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He takes the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, or things present or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Psalm 29, 1-11 Give unto the Lord, O you mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calve and discovers the forests. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sits upon the flood. Yes, the Lord sits king forever. Yahweh will give strength unto his people. Yahweh will bless his people with peace. Proverbs 20, 26 and 27 A wise king scatters the wicked and brings the wheel over them. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. I'd like to speak to you from the book of Deuteronomy, and then we're going to jump into Ezra, chapters 4 through 6. And what I'd like to do is read to you the opening introduction to the book of Deuteronomy, or Devarim, from the Israel Bible. It's very good. Written in the last weeks of Moses' life, Devarim, or Deuteronomy, is a summary of his final lessons to the people in the wilderness before they enter the land of Israel. Hundreds of commandments are taught or reviewed, some with minor differences that teach important lessons. The quantity and diversity of the various commandments does not distract from one primary theme that is repeated multiple times throughout Deuteronomy, the primacy of Eretz Israel. In one of the most beautiful and incisive descriptions, Moses describes the land of Israel as being unlike any other place on earth. For the land that you are about to enter and possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. There, the grain you sowed had to be watered by your own laborers like a vegetable garden. But the land you are about to cross into and possess, a land of hills and valleys, soaks up its water from the rains of heaven, 
It is a land which Hashem your God looks after, on which Hashem your God always keeps his eye, from years beginning to years end. Deuteronomy 11, 10-12 The Israel Bible elucidates the uniqueness of the land featured repeatedly in the book of Deuteronomy, a land where God's presence is fully manifest and where our relationship with Him is more profound and more complete. May our study of Deuteronomy contribute to our own deeper love for Hashem and for the land of Israel. Now I want to jump into Ezra, and again, I'd like to take a few moments to read the opening introductory paragraph to the book of Ezra from the Israel Bible. Ezra and Nehemiah is the next to the last book of the Hebrew Bible. Though composed of two smaller books, Ezra and Nehemiah were joined as they concisely discussed the same general era, the final period included in the Tanakh. While some of the recorded events occur in faraway Persia, the focus of the book is the realization of the yearning of the Jewish exiles to return to Eretz Israel. Many people associate the term Zionism only with the movement that began in the late 19th century with the Jewish Jewish immigrants who returned to the land of Israel and what became known as the first Aliyah. In truth, however, the first returnees to Zion were those who returned from the Babylonian exile in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah some 2,500 years ago in what is referred to as Shivat Zion, the return to Zion. Scholars have pointed out that the two events share similar characteristics. In both cases, the majority of exiles did not opt to return, and most of those who did come were young, driven by idealism, and without strong ties to their host countries. Indeed, history, especially Jewish history, tends to repeat itself. Seventy years before the reign of the Persian king Cyrus, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians took control of the land of Israel, exiling the inhabitants of Judah and destroying Jerusalem and the Beit Hamikdash, the temple. One might have expected the Judean people to disappear in the Babylonian exile, as had happened to their brothers from the northern kingdom following the earlier exile at the hands of Assyria. But incredibly, As the prophet Jeremiah had predicted, they persisted. To assure their survival, they adopted a three-step approach. Remember the past, live in the present, and hope for the future. And within that projected future, Eretz Israel was always central. Ezra and Nehemiah begins with Cyrus's proclamation allowing the Jews to return to Israel and rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. While some Jews did heed the call, many chose to remain in Persia, where, over the years of Babylonian rule, they had become comfortable and had built a life for themselves. The returnees are met with resistance and hardship, and the construction of the temple is halted until the second year of the reign of King Darius. In response to the encouragement of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, construction of the Beit HaMikdash resumes and is finally completed in Darius's sixth year. 
A short time later, in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes, Ezra, a scribe expert in the teaching of Moses, brings a second wave of returnees to the land of Israel, with Nehemiah, Nehemiah following thirteen years later. Ezra and Nehemiah were both reformers, but while Ezra implemented spiritual reforms, Nehemiah focused on pragmatic matters involving the country's material infrastructure. Ezra's attention turns to combating assimilation, promoting Jewish education, and re-establishing a proper system of justice. Nehemiah concentrates on physically re-establishing Jewish communities and reconstructing the fortifications of Jerusalem. Both aspects were essential for the survival of the nation. Like Nehemiah, the early 20th century Zionists were mostly responsible for building the country physically. However, as a modern-day Israel's first chief rabbi, Abraham Isaac Cook, commented, even the most mundane tasks like plowing a field or building a home, if performed in Israel, constitute a fulfillment of the Word of God. All 24 books of the Hebrew Bible relate to Eretz Israel, but this is the only one that is dedicated to the rejuvenation of the land and its people and the Torah laws. Our generation has merited seeing these words come to life before our eyes. It is therefore our privilege and obligation to study this book in order to learn and benefit from the successes and the failures, core messages, and divinely inspired wisdom that relates to the Jewish people's first attempt at resettling the land of Israel in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. Here are some important milestones in the settlement of the land of Egypt. Event, Exodus from Egypt and entry into the land of Israel. Under the leadership of Moses, Hashem redeemed the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery. After spending 40 years in the desert, they reached their final destination, the land of Israel. Return to Zion. Following Cyrus's proclamation, allowing the Jews to return to Israel and rebuild the temple, Zerubbabel, along with Yahashua, the high priest, led the first group of 42,000 returnees to the land of Israel from the Babylonian exile. Jewish Independence Hasmonean Dynasty The priestly Hasmonean family led a revolt against the Syrian Greek rulers who had forbade the practice of Judaism and defiled the temple. They won the battle for Jerusalem and purified the temple and continued to fight their Seleucid oppressors. Eventually, the Hasmoneans were victorious, and with the collapse of the Seleucid kingdom, Jewish independence was restored in the land of Israel until its capture by the Romans in 63 BCE. Aliyat In 1882 through 1948, Aliyah, returning to Israel, was always a national aspiration of the Jewish people, but was not fulfilled on a large scale until the rise of Zionism. From 1882 until the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948, over 550,000 Jews immigrated to the land of Israel through several waves of Aliyah. Declaration of the State of Israel in 1948 The State of Israel was officially declared by David Ben-Gurion on May 14, 1948. 
and the Jews again have a national homeland in the land of Israel. Many refer to this as the beginning of the final redemption. Rescue Operations Starting in 1949 through 1984 Since the establishment of the State of Israel, there have been a number of rescue operations carried out by Israel, bringing Jews all over the world to freedom in the Jewish state. Some of these operations include Operation Magic Carpet, which brought approximately 50,000 Yemenite Jews to Israel, Operation Ezra and Nehemiah, which airlifted more than 120,000 Iraqi Jews to Israel, and Operation Moses, which brought approximately 8,000 Ethiopian Jews to the Jewish state. Reunification of Jerusalem in 1967 The Six-Day War resulted in Israel's acquisition of the Sinai Peninsula, the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, the Golan Heights, and East Jerusalem. For the first time since 1948, Jerusalem was reunited, and Jews were able to pray at the Western Wall, the remaining outer wall of the Second Temple. Jewish Immigration, 1948 to the Present Since 1948, more than three million Jews from all over the world have made Aliyah to the land of Israel. This is seen by many as a partial fulfillment of the prophecies of the ingathering of the exiles. And I will end on this final note. The complete fulfillment of the prophecies of the ingathering of not just the Jews, but all of God's people, all twelve tribes, both northern and southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. That will not be completed until Yeshua returns and he lead, he gathers the exiles and leads them, cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, back to the land of Israel. Remember, we talked a few days ago about how biblical history is prophecy. The events that happened to our historical forefathers literally happened in history, but they're also a prophetic template and a blueprint for the final end-of-days generation. And so what happened to our forefathers will be repeated in the final end-of-days generation. So there will be another greater exodus. There will be a great ingathering of all of us that are still living in exile in the nations of the world. Yeshua will gather us and lead us on that journey home to Israel in the, during the time of the Great Tribulation, during the time of the Greater Exodus. And with that, we'll close for today. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Yevrekah Adonai Vishmerekah Adonai Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Ileka 
वयसे लेखा लेखा शाहू The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.